The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Wilbur, I'm your host pumped for uh, a different time slot here noon show monday after the divisional round joining us great friend of the pod long time friend of the pod jlc jason like four what's up buddy what's going on Holmes? good to see you oil's hat computer. rocking the uh rocking the uh yeah through the computer be better to see you in person but whatever we'll, we'll make it work um better in person like five o'clock with beers then but you know yeah that would be good um I was going to ask you about the Orioles, but I don't want to. We wish we, we, we'd go to Orioles too, like baseball teams. You, you ask, I'll answer. It's your, it's, no, no, your no, no. it's your, it's your vessel. I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> you can pilot this any way you want. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I can. Sometimes I get in trouble for it. Eight prospects in the top ninety-five in Baseball America, but who's counting? Is that right? Yeah, it's good, man. Three in the top fifteen, eight in the top ninety-five. Um, man, good for them. Orioles need to be good again. Uh. To football, though, I think like yes. I think the I mean, it's I think it's really interesting that in this hiring cycle, that we only got five head coaching like openings, but we got like a billion offensive coordinator openings. I think to me, what that says is in the hey, <laughs> you're. You're going to be kicked off this podcast. Stop. Relax. It's time. Ladies and gentlemen, Copper Lock and Fora. Yeah, there we go. That's how we roll around here. Okay. Can you relax? Give me a half hour. Copper, they're gone. Long time, long time podcast devotees know Copper Lock and Fora very well. They're gone. Um, it's over, GG. We're good. Thank you. Staying uh, so. up. I'm sure you can edit all that out, right? Yeah. yeah. Or is this live? Oh, we're live on the internet, yes. Is is this this live in some fashion? We are live on YouTube, yes. There are people chatting. We are live live on YouTube. Yeah. 
Um, Gigi, you made it big. You're big time now. So sorry about that. No, you're fine. The coaches, not not a lot of head coaches fired, but a lot yes. of coordinators fired. And yeah. that's just me, that's just me that like there's a lot of coaches who are close to getting fired. Because if you're firing your coordinator, if you got oh, yes. openings, it means a lot of coaches who are on the on the hot seat. It also means it's gonna be really hard to find 10 people who can be offensive coordinators in this league, especially when a guy like Daryl Bevel is declining to interview with the Jets and the and the Washington football team. Well, yeah, and that 10 doesn't even really include the teams that are hiring new head coaches who correct newsflash them are keeping much of the current staff, especially at positions that vital. Um, yeah, I wrote about this in the Washington Post about six weeks ago, and I set the over under AFC AFC alone, and we we're we're pretty much there. Um, and some of these teams don't know who the quarterback's going to be, which right. is part of the reason some of these guys have trepidation, you know, saying, well, yeah, it's, it's great, you know, New York football Jets. Who, who am I coaching up? What is his skill set? You know what I mean? How long are we going to have him? You know, Baltimore, another one. Like, you just like, what's going on? Like, that's great that you say Lamar's going to have some input in this hire, but Lamar might be traded by the combine. So, it's tricky sort of wicked. Um, and I think some of it will be like, will a guy like Frank Wright decide to do something like that? And there's one or two places I think he might. But outside of that, I don't think Frank Reich's coming in to save your offense. I think Frank Reich's either coming in to be your head coach or Frank Reich will wait for somebody to be, um, to offer him the opportunity to be a head coach. Although I would say the two situations in LA are, are kind of interesting because there's a lot of people who think that the next coach of the Rams is going to end up on that staff in some capacity this year to get a feel for it. You know what I mean? To kind of like have McVay give him the cliff notes through the year and then turn it over to him. And then the chargers, obviously because of this quarterback, who you know, thoroughbred who they treat like he's a plot horse. Um, everybody wants to get their hands on him. The, the one thing though about the chargers gig is, if you take that job, yes, you get to work with Justin Herbert. If you if the team's great, it you know, you're gonna be propelled to a position, you know, a spot where you you likely could get a head coaching position in the future. But if you don't make the playoffs, you might be getting fired too. Like, you know, it could be like there is a chance of a one and done season with the Chargers. Or you put up twenty eight points in the first half and the head coach blows it and you just get promoted to head coach. Right, right. That is yeah, yeah, that is yeah. <laughs> okay, so that so all right, I, that's, that's an interesting one. What about in Dallas? Um, we, you know, do we think what kind of? I know Jerry Jones said there are no changes coming. Like uh, Sunday night's outcome doesn't affect Mike McCarthy's job. Um, do you think? Do you think we see any changes in Dallas? Whether it's Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn leaving, or I mean, like it feels like Mike McCarthy. You know, Jerry Jones. Jerry, everyone's like Jerry Jones loves Sean Payton, and he does. Jerry Jones also doesn't love being. He doesn't like being wrong. And if he, if he fires Mike McCarthy, it means no. he was wrong. Yeah. Um... Well, look, had they lost that game in Tampa, I was pretty convinced from people who would know that he was going to he was going to fire McCarthy and try to hold on to Quinn. Now, they won that game handily. This was a close game. Um, so I don't know that Jerry really is up for it right now. But I think Jerry's going to lose Dan Quinn. So is that – like does he do that same mental calculus now – 
that it's real, right? Dan Quinn can run around the country interviewing. He's going to get one of these. Can, does Jerry have flip a switch? Hey, well, I can get some of my jobs better than theirs. I don't think we get there. Um, and remember, there's way more layers to this now than ever before. And some of these owners, I, I think, in part, didn't make a fire because they didn't want to have to go through this, the DEI training, the multi-levels of, you know what I mean, interviewing coordinators and coaches and the expanded Rooney role. You know, I, I had two GMs over the weekend tell me they're, they're pretty convinced that at least one team punted because they're just like, we're not going to go through all that. Net. Like, we're just not. Hmm, wow. We're just not going there. You know what I mean? And Big Brother's watching really close. Like, and like, yeah, like this is, you can't just go get your guy. You know what I mean? And hire one African-American candidate and pretend, you you know, that this wasn't already baked into the cake. It was just a three-day process. Like those days are over. Um, no one's, you know, no one's been hired yet and nothing seems imminent as we speak right now. The regular season's been over for two weeks. So this is definitely complicated things. Um, I hope it achieves its goals. I, I hope we do see people doing the right thing and being sort of just and equitable, keeping an open mind through these processes. But there's always unintended consequences, right? Like there's things that nobody sort of thought through. And some people just stay with the status quo because I don't want to go through all that. Could be an unintended consequence. Interesting. So in other words, you like the guy, excuse me, the guy who's bad at his job keeps his job for like an extra year or two because they're like, ah, we don't really want to deal with these, like, you know, standard hiring practices at every other. Yeah. (laughs) Not the Wild West anymore. Yeah, because you really could. You could, like, you just call Jim Caldwell. And, yeah, like, you have Jim oh. Caldwell just stop by, you interview him, and then you're like, I mean, right. like, Heinz Ward? I mean, there were a lot, like, there were yeah. a lot of wham, bam, thank you, man's, like, where did that come from? The Heinz like, Ward was called. Like, didn't the Raiders interview T. Martin once? <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure they did. Yeah. I mean, the Heinz like, Ward when everybody knew they were hiring Gruden? Like, when everybody knew they were hiring Gruden? Yeah. And there were, it was, it was like, there's several, um, Black coaches who didn't were just not going to interview. They're like, no, we we, we know what you're doing. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not taking that interview. And then, yeah. but eventually, you know, eventually you find somebody who's willing to take the interview. Like Hines Ward, you know, willing to interview because there's no way in hell he's going to get hired. I think was it Hines Ward the Texans when they were trying to get Josh McCown? I think it was. They were trying to throw everybody off the Josh McCown scent, so they went and got Hines Ward too. Yeah, an all timer. Um, to Dallas status quo potentially. Uh, you mentioned uh, Lamar. I mean, you're you're in Baltimore. You're close to that. What? Um, I saw your uh, your your radio co-host Ken Wyman tweet out tweet. And he just he was in it like chatting. He wasn't like re- you know reporting or anything. But he's like he think like he he said he thought um, Lamar could be traded by the draft. Do you feel the same way? Well, I think if they're going to do it, they need to do it at the combine. They they need to be forthright about it. Um, uh, and again, this is something I've written about at length at the Washington Post. Like you can see it in the middle of the season that. The- was getting frayed and that this owner wasn't going to budge. And I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to budge. Um, and so like you play it forward. Once you hit the point in time where the window to designate a franchise player closes, if they don't have a long-term deal done by then, I don't think they're getting one done. And I think they're, they have to now they're signaling. We're never rebuilding. We're the great Baltimore Ravens. We're an elite franchise. We, we just retool and we we keep coming at you. Well, if you wait till after the draft, I mean, you, you, you could get a stud player in this deal, but that draft capital has passed. Yep. And we're at a moment in time where 
there's the supply and demand at the quarterback position isn't there. I think Rodgers is going to be dealt. You've got Brady out there. I think Tannehill's going to be dealt. I think Carr's going to be dealt. Fields might be dealt. You might as well get ahead of all that and get as many people at the table as possible for the best thing out there, which is Lamar Jackson. And once you put the tag on him, he doesn't have to sign it until week one. He stayed away from voluntary stuff last year at 23, you know, making 23. Um, I, I just don't know why he – like, why would he possibly show up? Like, why would he sign that thing until he contractually had to? He's playing by rules that were put in place when he was in elementary school. Like, just go connect the dots on these CBAs. The Ravens have had multiple opportunities to incentivize his contract. You can incentivize a fifth-year option. It's perfectly – we see people – do things in this league all the time to stroke a guy. Here's extra play. Hey, we couldn't get done. We want to get done. Here's extra playoff incentives. Here's incentives for pro ball. Here's incentives for 4,000 yards, whatever. They could have sweetened the pot for him. They never did. So do you, I don't I don't see him doing them any favors. Oh, and like I mentioned, they need an offensive coordinator. So they're going to hire an offensive coordinator knowing um, we're going to be running a bastardized version all year because Lamar's going to sign before week one and then play by week two or three. Like, I, I just, I mean, that's just for years, years. They've had years to sign this kid. Like, no, it's over. And if you're going to trade him, you, you need to come to that realization quickly. Um, and then you need to, even if he's on the exclusive rights tag, you just give him permission. Hey, we're not going after any tampering. Get If you, you get what you can get. And then you're looking at the teams who are left at the altar for Deshaun Watson. What's changed for the Atlanta Falcons? What's changed for the Carolina Panthers? How are they any – like, you could sell me Ritter a little bit, I guess, if you really wanted to. But Arthur Blank ain't selling tickets with Desmond Ritter's jersey on. Like, Arthur Blank ain't selling tickets, period, really, lately. Like, <laughs> all it takes is one of those guys to say, like, okay, the Ravens have a, a, a secondary fetish. All they want is corners and safeties. Okay, we'll give you Terrell or we'll give you J.C. Horn. You got the eighth pick or the ninth pick. You got a future one, maybe a future two. Like, I can see the Ravens looking at Grady Jarrett at the end of his career saying, well, you th- he's our new Clay's Campbell. Throw him in here. We need an old head in our D-line room, somebody we can put on a rotation, get us some interior pressure. And they're going to try to beat you 16-15 every week. Like, that's what I think it's going to be. I mean, it's crazy. It's just crazy that it's – like, do you think this is because is – it, is it because Lamar doesn't have an agent and that just makes it no. more difficult? <laughs> no. Is it the Deshaun Watson stuff? Like, what's the – I think I, – look, do I think this would have been done when Josh Allen got done if he had an agent? Yes, because that agent would have not let him go to any team active. Like, it would have come to a head then, right. and Bashadi maybe would have bit the bullet then, although they were nowhere close to giving him Josh Allen. And even after Josh got, Allen got Josh Allen at 43, I continue to hear these guys were more at 33, 35. But could, it, could an agent wow. have forced the specter of we're wrecking your season, like, to get Bashadi there? Maybe. But that didn't happen. And now he's bet on himself, and he's in a position where, again, it's going to be 45, 44, whatever it is this year. And you know what 20% on top of that is after that. So, like, do the Ravens want to give him the 23 this year, the 44, and then the 60? Just do the math. That's 130 for three, basically fully guaranteed with rolling guarantees. And he's still walking out your door at, what, 28? So he did what no agent would let him do. He played out the rookie contract. An agent's not going to let you do that because, A, they're worried about being fired all the time. B, they put a lot of their money into getting you ready for the combine, which they want back. And C, like, that's how they negotiate. Well, I did this big deal. I did that big deal. At a certain point in time, they're not going to tell you, yeah, kid, stick to your guns. You've got bigger balls than me. They're going to say, you really should take this. You really should take this. You really should take this. Because that's how they get paid. 
Yeah, an agent doesn't get paid by you like writing out franchise tags. Like they don't want they don't want the cut of the franchise tag every like year. They want that huge cut of the full contract coming to them guaranteed over the course of X number of years. Um, yes. So, <clears throat> so you think? I mean, what what percentage chance do you think he gets traded? I, I mean, to me, it's the it's far and away the most likely outcome. Wow. That's I don't. Cool. I mean. I mean, you are right. Like the suitors are there. The Panthers and the Falcons are. I mean, David Tepper, like one, he's got his wife. I mean, not, not that there's anything wrong with having your wife. This is not. This is not a feminist statement. This is a David Tepper statement. But it's like, like you really, like you really thought your wife needed to be on the coaching searching committee. You're like, like, so like the GM was done. It's gonna be a very small group of people. It's like his wife's on there. And she's not trained for. Like it feels like the Panthers are primed to do something stupid and give up something like give up more than what the Ravens should probably get for Lamar. Well, yeah. I mean, look, do I think the Ravens are going to like blow away the Russell Wilson deal? Like may, maybe not because of what you're going to have to pay this kid. But I also think the Ravens are, are will be at the end of the day rational enough to say like him playing out that franchise tag will really like <coughs> just they've got to be smart enough to see, OK, we run the risk of him getting hurt again. Like somebody's still going to probably pay him. We get less for him. And if he signs that second tag, we, we're stuck paying him. He's counting 60 plus million against our. Well, he's going to eat, eat up your salary cap. He's going to make it difficult to build around him. He's not going to come in until week one. So he's not going to learn the new offense for the coordinator who's, you know, you don't even know who it is. It's going to be harder to find a coordinator because you don't know who your quarterback is or if he's going to come in. There's all kinds of reasons that it makes it really difficult to be good. Um, this year he'd also be pretty decent in Arthur Smith offense it feels like given what we saw from them so far this yeah. year and if you're yeah, thinking if you're I talking mean, about like excuse me if you're talking like you know we saw it with the Deshaun stuff the Panthers and the Falcons both were like oh we don't like I we want this guy we also I'm like oh my god you know you, you don't want the guy in your division too like you don't you you know when you get divi two division rivals competing for the same quarterback in the same yes. trademark it, it it tends to crank it up pretty good and, and they were willing to do that for a sexual predator. You know, now they weren't willing to do what Haslam did, but they right. were like, they were in the ballpark. There were various points in times where they felt like either one of them was the quiet clubhouse leader until Haslam blew it through the roof. And and maybe Lamar doesn't beat Watson's deal in, in, in some ways, but like there's a creative deal to be done. I'm not sure it happens here because there's just been too much back and yeah. forth and this and that. And but has not, from everything I've been told, been willing to do a short-term deal. Now, may, maybe he will at some point this year, but or this year, the in the next couple of weeks. But, like, you could conceivably get a three- or four-year deal with him that doesn't force you to put as much guaranteed money in escrow. Right, right, because you're not guaranteeing six or seven years or, you know what I mean? Like, well, David so Timber, David Timber. David Tepper may not care about escrow. You know, like, I mean, you know. Well, no, he he's one who, and Blank might not either. Um, but th there's, like, I think him on a fast track in Atlanta would be, I mean, that town would be pro football buzzing like it hadn't been since Mike Vick was there. Like, even during the Matt Ryan years, like, I talked to people. I co-host a podcast with Carl Dukes. We talked about this stuff. Like, that's sort of a college football town until it's not. And even when they were winning with Matt Ryan, it's not like that was a tough ticket. It's not like you couldn't get to a Falcons yep. game. Like you, the you know, it was a tough ticket when Mike Vick was doing spectacular stuff every week, and people couldn't wait to see. Like he was a showman, and Lamar, in that market, Lamar I think that's what you need. 
Lamar in that Falcons jersey this would be. Like, only 26 years old. He had right. combat injuries and this and that. I mean, he's 26 years old. It would it would bring back a lot of it would bring back a lot of like nostalgic Atlanta Vic like Vic feelings. Just the way that he plays in, you know, on that on that track. Absolutely. And I think you can do the deal and keep the tight end and keep Drake Long. I think you can do like I, I can see these guys having a fetish for AJ Terrell. They got one corner on the roster right now, Marlon Humphrey, who they pay $20 million a year to be an outside corner, but he's really much better in the slot. Mm. So, and you know, maybe they bring Marcus Peters back on the cheap. Maybe he's not game for that, but the corners they've drafted have yet to show um, they can really play. Um, so I, I, you know, I can, and, and they're all about their defense. That's, I, I, that's I intriguing. I like, that. I like it. I like Atlanta, Baltimore making that deal. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk Sean Payton and what he's up to this offseason next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So my theory at this point is that Sean Payton is simply, he failed to properly leverage his media tour and all of that into getting the Cowboys or Chargers to fire their coach, and that he's not going to actually take any of these jobs. That he's I don't think he wants I mean, Dallas. He wants Dallas leverage. I mean, Dallas is boogeyman. He's not going to work with Jerry Jones. That's not fun. Yeah, he wants to call. He can't call his shots when you know Jerry and Stephen, who you love, you know, want to question your every move. Like it's just not That's true. But it's good having that out there. The Chargers was the one, and the Chargers was the one. But they weren't. Yep. They're not. Up for the fight. Do you do you think that so he, he may sit there? Like it would not surprise me if he sits this out. That's I mean, what I'm saying. I think he'll sit that out here and like and like all right, Brandon Staley, go not screw it up again. You know. Well, it's not just that. I mean, think about it. You could have you could have both LA jobs open. You could have um, the Jets. I think what well, Woody Woody does not like Robert Sal. I'm just telling you that ain't for long. Like you could have yeah. the Jets open if you want to be in that market and do Parcells 2.0 on the other side of town. You could. Have Green Bay open. You could have Tampa Bay open. Easily. I yeah. think more likely than not, you will. I mean, that's a that's a that's a better field than Arizona and the Hillbilly in Indianapolis and whatever. Like <laughs> come on. I mean, you're not wrong. And then like Carolina too, you know, he's I think he's gonna that interview was put on hold. Well, here's the thing. Like people are like, oh, it's just gonna take a one. Bullshit. Mickey Loomis isn't trading him to David Tepper for yeah, it's going to be the, that that one this year, Nine. that top ten pick, and yeah, something yeah. else. I'm going to hemorrhage you next year too. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he's, like, he's not trading him in the division. I don't. Think, I don't. I also think Sean Payton's too egotistical, or too not too egotistical. Too um. I don't know what the exact. Sean Payton is beloved in New Orleans. People in yes. people in New Orleans love Sean Payton. 
If he, yeah, goes he doesn't to want to be the villain. He doesn't have to be the villain. Yeah. Right. He just coach anywhere else other than Carolina or Atlanta or Tampa Bay. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think he would coach the division because whoever he coaches next is probably going to love him too. And it, then he has two fan bases who love him. And like, you know, yeah. Saints fans won't turn on him if he's coaching the Rams or coaching the. No, the it's Chargers. only one of these that had a shot is Denver. I, I I don't know. I heard the first interview was not exactly. They weren't really totally simpatico. But again, you know, enough money's nothing to the Waltons, so they might just keep throwing it, throwing it, throwing it. I don't know. But yeah, that that was the only theory on like David Tepper, like because I, I went on um, Charlotte Radio last week and they were like, "All right, talk to us about Sean Payton." I was like, "I don't." And they're like. I was like, I don't think, I mean, that's not happening. Like, I mean, now, could it happen if David Tepper gives him $30 million and says you have total control of the franchise? Maybe. But even then, as we point out, like, he's not going to want to go up against the Saints twice a year. And the Saints are going to want to trade him in the division for obvious reasons because it makes it really difficult for the Saints to win if they have to beat with Sean Payton twice a year. Um, there's also no quarterback. Whereas in Denver, I mean, like, if, if they're like, if they're like, hey, look, we're, you fire George Payton, bring in whoever you want. You know, you got figure out Russ, 30 million bucks a year. I mean, like, I could see him possibly taking that, but I, I agree. I think you see all, again, you see all these coordinators that got fired. It leads you to believe that, you know, there's, there's, when coaches are firing coordinators, the coaches are on the hot seat. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, it's him, not Payton. me for now. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, if Sean Payton's, I mean, he's fine on TV, whatever. Um, yeah, go do it for another year with Fox, and then yeah, live in LA, recharge some more, and then I, I think that's the more likely outcome for Sean Payton. Yep. Okay. Um, who? Well, who are some names that you you are you hearing any for these for these coordinator jobs? By the way, because it feels like there's not a lot of but. I mean, there's like no well, at all. No, I mean it's it's a really weird year. Um, there isn't no jobs have been filled yet at the head coaching rank. So that's yeah, actually let's go there and see the coordinators. Like what? There's no, there's no head coaching job filled. Right. And, and again, I think the new rules of engagement have a lot to do with that. I, I've had some people, I've reported on this, who think there'll be multiple openings after the Super Bowl. Not just because you're waiting for a guy, but just because this it's a different process and it takes longer. And it's sort of log jammed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the coordinator shuffle, I, I don't know. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it's... There aren't, there aren't 14... Good court, offensive coordinators. They're like coordinators out there. I don't think. <laughs> no, I mean you're. you're <laughs> some are going to end up promoting from within. Like I just think they'll do the dance and say, "We got a guy here who can kind of keep it going." Um, yeah, it's a weird year. It's it's very weird, and like it's not even like there aren't any hires yet. Like there aren't any backroom deals that you know what I mean. You know yeah. about, but they just got to kind of keep the charade like. Everybody's waiting for the first domino to fall. And maybe it will be Denver and maybe they get Sean Payton. But if they don't, um, you know, I, I think Houston wants one of the coordinators still. Um, I think they want Gannon or Ryans, you know. So obviously that's on hold. Those teams are in the final four. Um, but you don't even hear that many, like that much about frontrunners. Like I've heard that Tepper through this process, he was already sort of infatuated with the next bright young thing um, and on the offensive side, the next McVay, that whole model. And look, if Ben Johnson doesn't pull out, like if Ben Johnson goes after that job, I think Ben Johnson had a chance to get that job, but really I think what he did is smarter. Pulling out of the, pulling out of that job. Well, just, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for another year. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to let 
some of these other things settle, let other people take some of these jobs, which this is not a, a great field. Um, take another year to work on exactly what my staff would look like. You know what I mean? Cross some T's, dot some I's. And there'll be better jobs out there next year. I think there'll be more jobs out there next year. And I think he'll be an it guy. He's, I mean, he's insanely young. He only has one year of coordinator too, right? I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't need to, you know, kind of like how Kafka, like, look, Kafka could have started taking head coaching interviews three years ago, but it's just like, you know, hey, we're probably not getting it and we're probably not ready. And if we do get it, that might be an indictment on you because, like, I'm still building up my jobs. <laughs> right. It's great that you sent that slip in. But I need to, you know, I want to have my, I want to get to a point where I know I'm ready and my resume says I'm ready. My body of work says I'm ready, which he's, like, he's there now. And if he doesn't get one this cycle, again, he'll be right at the top of the heap next year. So, so Kafka and D'Amico Ryan, you think two names that could end up filling some of these gigs, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, D'Amico Ryan is probably getting a head coaching job. Yeah. If, if, I, he, wants, I, if he wants one. Yes. I And he should get one. And, it's just a matter of, you know, their team that's not fixated on the offensive side of the ball, which they seem to be because, like, Leslie Frazier's got no jam, which blows my mind. And I think the Bengals are going to keep Lou Anarumo, which is shocking to me because he's great, man. All he does is, you know, slay the dragon in the playoffs. I mean, six, he's got six pelts now. Like, even the Rams game, you can't put that on him. This guy's never given up more than 24 points in a playoff game. He makes amazing second-half adjustments. Yep. Um, he puts guys in position to succeed. Last year, it's like, oh, well, everybody was healthy. He lost his top corner like six weeks ago. Nobody even talks about it. Even I mean, Apple's making plays. Like, it, he puts <laughs> in position to succeed. Like B, They trade for B.J. Hill. Trade for B.J. Hill. I'm loving this right now. Trade for B.J. Hill in the last season. Be be this week, whatever, but, like. That's another one that really surprised me that he wasn't somebody – no, that he wasn't having to pull out of interviews because it's like I, I don't have time to interview with five teams and do my job right now. Right. Yeah, and, and he's getting – well, it's sort of it's sort of Mike Zimmer-like in in, in, you know, in the sense that, you know, same, same spot too, right? It's like well, – like, I don't know, Lou Anarumo, you know, coaches are – organizations and owners and fans are easily infatuated with the – like the hot young offensive mind, right? Like Ben Johnson's getting heat, but Lou Anarumo's not. I mean, that tells you that tells you all yes. you need to know. Um, what uh, what do you think about this, these final four teams? Um, I mean, I, I think the cream rose. I think they all they all belong. And again, I give the credit to Anarumo. Like he's come up. <laughs> excuse me, with some special sauce for the Chiefs that I thought would work pretty well against the Bills, and it did. And then when he got the early lead, forget about it. Like now, um, it's just playing right into his hands, and he was not going to let Diggs and Davis beat him deep. And it got to a point where the Bills couldn't, you know, they ran the ball a little bit in the third quarter, but they couldn't do it very long, and he was perfectly happy to let you run against my umbrellas all you want. That's yeah. great. Um, so, like, they're, they – they belong in the final four. And there's a lot of people who've just slagged them all year or kind of acted like this is some kind of fluke again or uh, it's, whatever. It's, but it's like, freaking I mean, Joey B. Like Joe, Joe Burr is just, he's, he's an ice cold killer. Yeah. No, he's an assassin. Um, yeah. He's the baby faced assassin. And so they belong, man. They, they belong. They ran a gauntlet and just kept beating people. 
Um, Kansas City, obviously, I mean, all Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes do is go to championship games. The Eagles were the best team in the league for most of the season until their quarterback got hurt. And San Francisco was the best defense in the season uh, in the league pretty much since week three. And the offense took off with Purdy. Now, um, I think that's a tall order. Like, that, they're going to have to get way more pressure. Uh, way more pressure. Against Hurts than they did uh, against Dak. Like, they got to get something going up front. Um, and I think, you know, as as sort of counterintuitive as it sounds, I think Kyle Shanahan's going to have to play this game like he's playing with house money and he's already done. You know, like, okay, I, I'm going as far as I can with Purdy. Like, if he plays the conservative way he played yesterday – at Philadelphia, he's going to get boat raised. He's going to have to come out and just be like, "Kid, don't be afraid to make mistakes." But we're we're not going to be able to like just run the ball into a brick wall. You know what I mean? And 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 try to win this thing seventeen fourteen like they could against Dallas. Like that's not at home. At home against Dallas, that's not going to fly in Philadelphia. Like it's not. Um, so yeah, I like. Yeah, I, the I, I agree. You know, I like the Eagles there. Um, this is going to be the – I mean, <clears throat> this is a whole different challenge for Purdy than anything he's ever seen before. And there are some cracks in the facade right now. And I think Kyle Shanahan, was a, the way he handled that game, was a portal into how limited they, they kind of are. But he's going to have to unshackle that, I think. And well, that's, also, that's also like a portal into who, like how Kyle Shanahan likes to coach too. You know, I mean, yeah. he, he is not a – cut it loose, get nuts. Like, like I thought, I mean, you know, Zach Taylor, for instance, um, you know, I, I don't think is like, I, I've come around him a lot more over the last yeah. you know, eight, six to eight months or even six, to eight weeks as a coach. But like I said, you know, all on HQ on, on pause, everything is like the Bengals have to come out and throw the ball early and let Joe Burrow keep it, get in Joe's hands, let Burrow cook, get it out quick and get it to these. And they, and they did that. Like if they come out trying to run with Joe Mixon and just like establish this ground game, I think they lose the game and they, the bills score on them early. And like that, that was a, that was an aggressive way to approach that matchup. The Niners kind of have to do that too, or do something just like, yeah. 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 I, I think they do. I'm mean, I think Zach got a little overboard at the end of the first half. I don't yeah, know what that was going from his nine. Like I really, boy, risk reward. I wouldn't run that back. Like, that was <laughs> 30 seconds. I mean, and it took all of that in the snow to get the midfield for the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But, but on the, on the yeah. other hand, it was like it was like, hey, look, we're we're not we're not play, you know, we're we're playing to win. We're not, you know, you, you send yeah. that message to your team, send that message to the Bills, you let them know. Yeah. And- like if he had a minute, I'd have thought a little more of it than like 27 seconds or whatever it was from his nine. But yeah. yeah. Uh and then Kansas City, like, look, I, there's no way Patrick Mahomes is gonna be Patrick Mahomes through all four quarters of that game. Maybe he is through most of the first half and then stuff starts wearing off and you tape it back up, but you really can't shoot it back up. Like, I just think it's going to be a factor. And with Anarumo having such a beat on that offense, and now maybe you don't even have to mush rush as much because this cat's not coming outside the pocket. Yeah. Like, the way way Mahomes beats you in the playoffs is extending plays and using his legs to, to, to get out the pocket Again, extend plays or to run for third, run, run, run and get first yeah. downs on those big third downs. And he just, yeah. it's just back breaking third down after back breaking third down. And if he, he can't do that, look, he still win. I mean, obviously, he's Patrick Mahomes. I'm not putting anything past him, but man, I mean, a limited, a, a physically limited in terms of mobility, wow. Patrick Mahomes, that's a problem for the Chiefs. 
And look, I think you just talked about Zach Taylor. They're, they're going to come out knowing if we get up two scores on these guys, we're they're in trouble. And the Chiefs did get up, give up 33 passing touchdowns in the regular season, most in the NFL. And that's not a great defense. And, you know, could could could, you know, Chris Jones and some of those guys wreck their, their season because of the lack of offensive linemen? I mean, maybe, but the quick pass game and you know what I mean? Enough Nixon and P Ryan to keep them honest. I, I don't know. Like, and we've seen Joe Burrow get what I mean, what did the Titans hit him? 12, 14 times in that game, and he still won. Like, I, I just think it's the margins are going to be slim to me for the Chiefs. And they need to keep game script in a way where they can Pacheco and McKinnon you to death, you know, with with, with the short stuff to Kelsey to move the chains. But, I mean, as many balls as Kelsey caught, what was his average per catch? I mean, at one point he had like 14 catches for like 55 yards. Like, that's a – and that's death by a million paper cuts, which means tip ball here, ball off a shoulder pad there, that might be a turnover for Anarumo. You you take the element of explosion in the run game and the pass game away from the Chiefs. And, again, I, I don't know that he can make seven-step drops. I don't know that he can play under center. He couldn't back better. Yeah, you know, like he might just be a standing. He might be kind of like a standing target in the shotgun in the pistol all day. Yeah, spread. Look, spread is sitting around just hovering. Right? And, and it's one thing to have to rush Patrick Mahomes, wondering about what happens when you don't get get there. If you're rushing Patrick Mahomes and you know that's the spot, the target spot is the target yeah. spot. Yeah, 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 like, that's true. We are going to blitz you. We're going to bring more than you can you can cover. And the target, like, you know exactly where you're blitzing to. You're not blitzing to an area. You're not worrying about contain. You're not worrying about who's behind you. Like, that's a whole different scenario. Yeah, you're not You're you're not saying, all right, we get, we're blitzing here. We're blitzing Mahomes. And then, uh, you know, uh, you know, Jermaine Pratt, you're, you're going to spy him if he gets out of the pocket, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just like he's not moving, and we're sending right. everybody there. Um, that line sitting at one. I would guess it probably sits there one or a pick, basically – all week long. If we get bad news from Mahomes, of course, it could flip to the other side. Uh, Eagles line looks like it is jumping up to three. It's at minus two and a half, minus 115. That's that's probably about where it should be, too. Like, Eagles minus three. I think yeah. home field advantage against Brock Purdy. Like, he he is – he. it's impressive what he's done. But it, it, NFC Championship game is a whole different beast. You're in Philly against a really good football team. Yes. You know, with the uh, uh, rookie quarterbacks 0-4 in championship games in NFL history. Yeah, I I think they're in for a tough tough sled in there. I I do. Yeah. Yeah. Good football team. Um. All right. Did I forget anything? Any any rumors you're hearing out there? Did you want any baseball talk? Or you want? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, not really. Oh, we're heading no, up. I mean, we're heading up in, in May. I think my dad and I are going to go up and see a Nats game. Maybe we might try to sneak into the O's game too. Yeah, if you're doing that, you should definitely plan it while the O's are in town too. Yeah, that's right. Um, far and, can better and far better product. A far better product. Well, Nats are going to lose 100 games. Easy. Nats are terrible. Yeah. My uh, my buddy, my buddy Zeke, who lives in D.C., texted me. He's like, Branson, my worst fears are coming true. The Nats are going to lose 100 games, and Sam Howell is going to be the starting quarterback for the Washington team. This is hell on earth, but He's got a better shot with Howell in that defense than he does anything Nats-related right now. No, James, no, no, Wood. Wood. James Wood's the future. Uh, the, no, the, the problem is Howell's a Carolina guy, so it's, it's very upsetting to see Oh yes, yeah. so he's a state guy like you. Yeah, yeah. He he sees he sees the the future that's coming down the pipe. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for us. Hey, Steve, man. What's up? Good to see you guys. Likewise, man. Um, 
Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For JLC, I'm Brenton. We'll see you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.